0: We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. We
1: are Geelong, we're always on the ball. We play the game as it should be played, at home all far away. How and the sky high, from we'll warm to dark, down and good in the park. They looked a little bit wounded last week, the Cats. Missing a few key players. Richmond actually had more Premiership players in there, 23 than the Cats, and Geelong won last year's flag. It's not panic stations, they're 5-4 and four Geelong, but they head over to Perth to play a Dockers team that looks renewed as far as vigour and spark is concerned. Let's ask Wes Cusworth how he's feeling about it all ahead of the Cats' whiskers, coming up on Friday evening after our NBA one West coverage. Uh, good morning to you, Wes.
0: Good morning, Hello, Wayne. Uh, a lot of excitement surrounds this week's game. Obviously, the Cats hoping to get a couple of experienced players back. It was... A rather unusual lineup that we saw take the field against Richmond last week. It was a real mishmash of some experienced players and some very young players, and has has been identified by a number of sources uh, one of the younger Geelong football sides that's been put out in recent times. So um, perhaps that was our Achilles' heel, and Richmond were able to exploit that and come away with the points and, and leave us languishing a little bit, but nonetheless we'll bounce back and hopefully a really positive weekend in against Rio this weekend.
1: Now, it's always been a, a good rivalry between Geelong and Fremantle. It's been one of the great modern-day rivalries. There's always been a bit of feeling between the teams. I think back to when uh, Dean Solomon ironed out Cameron Ling all those years ago down at Caudillia Park. That's probably where it, it stems all the way back to. Uh, what, what makes the rivalry between Geelong and Fremantle so spiteful, do you think, Wes? Is there a sense
0: that both sides represent within their states that secondary side, if you know what I mean? Like Geelong's not Melbourne. Geelong's out of Melbourne. Freo loves to identify itself as being very different from West Coast. And West Coast, of course, were the first side from Western Australia in the AFL competition and Freo trying to carve out almost like the... Geelong certainly considered the poor country cousin by a lot of Melbourne-supporting... Melbourne club supporting supporters and I just wonder if there's an element of that with Freo too, but both clubs are hoping to, I suppose, you know, shape their identity even a little bit more and, and, and I suppose, as you say, there's just been enough incidents and enough really interesting games that have given uh, shaped a, a really fantastic rivalry, including that final that we obviously Geelong battled for a really long time to host the final at Kardinia Park. We got that opportunity and then blew it against Freo all those years back, so um, yeah, there's plenty of reason for Geelong to come out firing on Saturday.
1: Patrick Dangerfield, he's had that injury. There was talk that he might have been okay to play last week. They're talking about he probably could play this week but there's, again, talk that they may manage him even more and make sure that he's correct. What have we heard there? Will he play?
0: I... Uh, you're on the money as far as um, I've heard as well, and that is the fact that it's still very uncertain as to whether or not they'll play Patrick Damesfield, Um We know last year that he was managed and that was more to do with sort of running him into form with some really peak fitness. This is a different situation of course, this is managing a hamstring and we know that hamstrings are tricky enough for even young players but for more seasoned players they're really quite problematic so I think it's still a really fine line as to whether or not Patrick Dangerfield will play it was interesting to see his role in the coach's box last week um, obviously he's a, a an amazing thinker about the game and, and contributes quite significantly to Geelong not only in his on-field contributions but uh, his leadership and his mouth and understanding of the nuances of the game and I think he'll be great value but obviously he's going to be a peak value if he's on the field and we're hoping we're holding hope that he's actually going to take the field against Freo, but just very much uncertain at this point in time Wayne.
1: What about other reinforcements Wes for the game this week Uh, because the Dockers are, are getting better they've got a very fit and healthy list are there any others that are likely to come back? Yeah
0: Strong suggestion that Jack Henry's actually going to be back this week. And then we've also got uh, Tyson Stengel pushing for a return. So there's some good things there, of course. uh, It might be one Henry for another Henry because Ollie's out, obviously, with worst-case injury that we know that no guy would ever want to suffer, and that is uh, the situation with regard to a ruptured testicle. So that was obviously very problematic. He's certainly not the first player in the competition ever to experience that horrific injury. He'll be a couple of weeks on the sidelines, but... If we were to get uh, Jack back and, and also Tyson Stingle, that it starts to consolidate things, and of course Brad Close is back, so things are starting to look up already, which is great. And and if you threw in the mix uh, that Patrick Dangerfield did in fact come back, then uh, you know Geelong looks a different side with those sort of guys back in the lineup.
1: Yeah, without question. Um, young Myers, I mean, he started to really show that what he's worth, and you know that the the into the fifty meter entries and the way he delivers the ball.
0: I, I agree. I, I think he's actually starting to come of age. I think mm. we've known that there's some amazing raw talent there, and just sometimes his decision making has been a little awry. However, I think that in more recent times his maturity and his composure have really come to the fore, and I think he's proved himself to be a really valuable player in the Geelong um, sort of midfield pushing forward and spending a lot of time forward, obviously, but just as one of those players too that provides some uh, incredible defensive pressure in terms of preventing the ball from exiting our 50. I think he's a great value to the side and, and hopefully he continues to go from strength to strength and continues to mature and develop his game.
1: One goal seven for the year for Grian Myers. Not all about goals. He's, um, he's obviously playing higher up the ground but I'm sure that Chris Scott wouldn't mind if he was able to hit the scoreboard against the Dockers. Where's uh, the Cats Whiskers coming up this week? Uh, what can we expect on the show?
0: We had the absolute pleasure of catching up with Michael Cole, a player who played 63 games for Geelong. Now, of course, he had a twin brother, Nigel Cole, who played two for Geelong and then went on to play 28 for Melbourne. The Cole brothers came from Lara, which is just 10 kilometres out of town. And he was an absolute delight to have a chat to because he played through that 80s era where he saw Darry Ablett arrive at the club. He saw some coaches come and go and... He spoke about some of those experiences, including that fateful day against Melbourne, uh, sorry, against Hawthorne, when Lee Matthews basically lost the plot and, uh, and had ne- hammered Neville Bruns. So Michael Cole was a very, very interesting guest to speak to, and uh, we really look forward to uh, you having the opportunity to, to listen to what he had to say. It will be great. Um, and if I can just finish by saying that uh, in terms of Cameron Bancroft and any possibility of him moving over to play in a big bash for one of the Melbourne sites we'd be absolutely delighted because it's about time you Western Australians let some other states have a bit of success with regard to domestic cricket, you've been coming a little bit too dominant in recent times
1: lads Well, now we've given you plenty of West Australians (laughs) at the stars and and Sean Marsh we've given you one of our all time greats at the (laughs) Renegades, how many more do you want? Oh, well, you've got to spread
0: the love, don't you? Because there's so much talent coming out of Western Australia at the moment. It's absolutely extraordinary. And good on you. There's some good things happening over there.
1: Have you ever swapped a jumper with somebody, Wes, after a sporting event? We saw Jack Revolt and Tom Hawkins swap jumpers. To me, that suggests that, uh, that Jack's at the end of his career. I think that Tom will keep playing. But um, swapping jumpers, remember James Hurd and Glenn Archer did it a few years back. It generally means the end for at least one. Yeah, you
0: think so, uh, everyone over here is certainly suggesting that it's uh, the end is nigh for Jack. And it was a really lovely moment. And, and I, I love to see the fact that players will go hard against one another, whatever spot we're talking about, and at the same time get to the end of the game and, and just have that mutual respect. And that was certainly evident in that little exchange. And came as a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but it was a really pleasant thing to see.
1: Certainly was. Hey, Wes, have a great rest of your week and good luck to your cats over here in the West. We'll look forward to hearing the Cats Whiskers. Have a great day. You too. West Coast joining us here on Sport FM and Sports Breakfast on this Wednesday.